The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a, well, a, a goodbye 2023 episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 766, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there, get on the mailing list, check out the coffee, all that stuff, because they've got great coffee. And if you're not, you know, in the market for coffee today, like I said, get on the mailing list because they're going to do something in the next 12 months that you're going to be like, oh, why didn't I know about that? Because you weren't mm-hmm. on the mailing list. That's why. That's why I'm telling you now. Right? <laughs> so save yourself the therapy bills for the FOMO, that fear of missing out. And go to truecallcoffee.com, get on the mailing list, and you know what? Get some coffee for yourself, or get some coffee for somebody that you want to drive crazy by giving them images they'll feel that are satanic. You know, <laughs> like, th- this is a no-lose product here, because it's great coffee no matter what. And you get it for that person that would be freaking out by it, and they try it, and they're like, oh, goodness, it's great coffee. And they're going to enjoy the coffee and feel miserable at the same time. For enjoying the coffee in the satanic packaging. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. It's basic I, I, psychology. I'm, I'm all for it. Basic psychology. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Snowman, what's going on? Oh, wait. Wait. I believe there's somebody else here. Yes. Hello, yes. who's there? I was just about to do that. Hello, hello. Once again, um, for our regular listeners who tuned in last week, we were joined by our good buddy and my um, co-host over at our sister podcast, Wrestling Night in Canada, Mr. Ducky Dustin Maruka. Hello, my friend. How's it going? Come back, fuckers. (laughs) You're back. You're back. back. Yeah, yeah. He's back because he came up with this great idea of, because I was thinking of a way Without stepping on the upcoming Rammy Awards, okay, I was thinking of a way, well, how are we going to 
kind of uh, wrap up 2023 because December has gone by fast. Boy, has it. Yeah, it's like December 1st, blink, December yeah. 19th. Yeah, yeah. So the end of the year is really fast approaching. So I felt, okay, we have to do something to kind of commemorate, you know, 2023. And Ducky came up with the idea of, well, let's maybe go over some of our favorite records of the past year. And I got a couple other ideas as well here so he's once again been gracious enough to sit down with us and you know share 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 um that he's recovering from surgery and we just show up at his house and he can't kick us out that's yeah (laughs) he just has to deal with us till we leave so you know that helps too (laughs) that's right that's right you've obviously (laughs) got uh you've obviously got some free time on your hands as well yeah yeah so once again thanks for uh coming out before we get on with the grunt here as my dad would say and i got a kick-ass cup of uh ice ice brew true cavalt here in my oversized friday the 13th mug so yeah i'm off to a pretty good start Um, i'm sitting here in acdc pajamas and my pull the plug patches long sleeve there you go that's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Um, I take it on the with the podcast or, naked. Is that weird? Uh, it generally is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your video off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have a little bit Getting of. Getting a little warm here. Hang on, boy. <laughs> we do have. A little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning to get into. First, we want to say hello and horns up. And congratulations to one Sean Frazier. He of the Wise Blood record label. He of Disciple magazine. And he of radioactive metal alum. He recently tied the knot with his fiance, Dr. Rizel. Frazier now so uh congratulations my friends um and many 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 you know happy years for the rest of your life i want to say hello and happy birthday as we speak tomorrow mrs snowy turns (coughs) years old as well, yeah, it's 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 her it's twenty-seven. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go with that. No, uh, my my sister sure. told me she's like once you know once a woman hits twenty-seven, that's it. That, that's, that's the only it, age. Okay, just keep I'm going to remember that. that. <laughs> yeah, so I just wish her happy twenty-seventh birthday. You're good right to go. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're doing this tonight, but tomorrow, yeah, we're going to go out and celebrate and have a good time. The day after that, though, two days, just two more sleeps. Oh, the day after tomorrow? Okay. Yes, the day after, day after tomorrow, just two more sleeps. I bought my tickets, okay, for the Iron Claw movie. Now, I know Dustin is familiar with what that is. I don't know oh, if I'm you are. Familiar. I've seen the preview several times. Oh, okay. It looks okay. fantastic. 
I have a feeling that it's going to. And for anyone who's wondering, like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Well, it's a biopic um, about the um, the heyday of the Von Erich wrestling family in Texas during the territory days. Oh, and there he goes about wrestling again. Yeah, imagine that. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a wrestling no, I'm night just, Canada. Uh, I'm, just re- I'm just really excited because before I went into work today, we were kind of out and about, and I ran to the theater to grab advance tickets. I was out in a boot, yeah. Yeah, and I just wanted to get the best seats in the house, which we did. So I'm all excited. So I'm sure next episode, you know, I'll probably give my review on that. Um, but that's that's kind of it for me for this. If anyone has anything else they would like to share, now would be the time. If not... It is time for our mandatory metal segment, courtesy of the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. And I thought, well, this is an evil, evil coffee. Ooh, very evil, very scary. Perfect. Yeah, sound like count, count count there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Very scary. <laughs> so I thought we would get some very scary music. Hell's Headbangers recently released the latest record from Demona C or Demon C. Demon C Y. However, you would pronounce that. See, that I don't know. Why I can't can't What's that? I said Demon C Y K. Well, I don't get it. Well, isn't there some CYK band or CMK Punk or something? CKY. See, there we go. CKY. Something. Something. Okay, yeah. Well, I have no idea how to pronounce this. I don't really, not too concerned. It's just great kick ass music. So, once again. Funny if it's something like John. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's go with the title track from Demonacy's. Diabolic Blasphemy.
we've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, once again here on Radioactive Metal, the guest always goes first, my friend. Uh, what you got for your metal fix? Well, I did a record trade with our buddy Nick of Subhips and Inhumed. Okay. I picked up a first Canadian pressing Black Sabbath. We sold our soul for rock and roll on vinyl. Oh, wow. Um, I also grabbed Creator Renewal. Um, okay. on tape Slayer Haunting the Chapel on tape mm-hmm. well cassette um, <laughs> Obituary World Demise on tape and Cathedral the Ethereal the Ether- Ethereal I think that's how it's pronounced I don't yeah. know the Ethereal Mirror on tape oh some classics right on yep. alright now can I ask what makes it a Canadian pressing like, it was is that pressed a, in Canada? Is it made record. with maple syrup? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. I guess it was just <laughs> pressed at a Canadian plant. Well, somewhere that, that's, yeah, but that, that's that's cool. That's why I'm curious. Because I honestly, in, until I met, you know, Snowy and Rock, I had no idea that there was stuff like Bonsai Records to release things in other countries. You know, mm-hmm. growing mm-hmm. up in the States, it's Atlantic Records. I just thought that Atlantic's Atlantic and Metal Blade's Metal Blade and whatever else. Like, I had I had no clue about how those things worked once you crossed the border. Right. Well, with with a major label like at Atlantic, those cross the borders themselves. Those are those are international labels. Okay. Now, at, at, the, at the glory days of Banzai Records here in Canada... We weren't getting Metal Blade, um, neat, neat, neat records, Music for Nations, all those really cool labels in the 80s. Canada wasn't getting them unless you were going to pay an expensive import price. Okay. Which now, this day and age, that expensive import price is the same price as a domestic CD. <laughs> you know, like that's just, yeah. you know, you know, fixed fixed for, for for inflation and all that. Now, what Banzai did is they picked up all of these awesome albums from all these various labels and made them and got them domestically here in Canada on the on the uh, on on the regular record racks. So, yeah, yeah, that's why, you know, our former co-host Rock, that's why we always held Banzai in such a high regard because it's like, Oh my God, you, you're bringing, you're, you're, you're giving us all this great music. And that's where we first heard, um, Venom, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax, you know, just a whole, yeah. And Bonsai record prices now are stupid. Oh yeah. Cause find an OG press. They're collectibles now. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it's like that that first battery now goes for a thousand dollars open. Wow! Holy shit! Wow! <laughs> the the Banzai label. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm, si- I'm sitting on at least a thousand dollars because wow. I kept I kept all of my all of my metal and hardcore albums from when I was a teenager. So. Right on. That, you might be dude, on retire, I, Snowy. Uh, I had no idea it was worth that much. Yeah, it's stupid. That's nuts. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, that 
just made my day, man. <laughs> no, well, I have a $1,000 record, too. My first pressing Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Oh, right on. Wow. Excellent. That's pretty good, dude. Yeah, like I said, one of these times, Aaron, for 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 the discussion, we got to go on dis- I got to grab a, a mitt full of my old records, and I'm I'm sure you've you've got some as well, and go on to eBay for no go disc dogs. Okay, eBay disc. Yeah, that that would actually be even better, and just see what these records would be worth, and, and then share you have to type us like you have to type the like the serial number on the back and shit and like. Oh, okay. Well, whatever I got to do, we should um, we should make that as part of an upcoming discussion. What else you got? And basically that, and all I've been listening to a lot of visions of Atlantis since they're coming here in April. So. Oh, okay. They're like symphonic metal. I I describe them as if Nightwish were like a pirate theme band. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. Rock on. Yeah, good. I can't wait to see that. I'm trying to remember. I don't think have they been here before. Nope. No, I okay. I, I don't think so. I'm gonna think so. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Thanks for that. But I know. I know, Mr. Aaron. You're kind of getting on at the bit. This is where we kind of switch it over from metal fix to a little bit of geek fix. And you know what? So am I, because um, we both recently had the good fortune of catching Godzilla minus one in the theater. Yes. And yeah, yeah. And I know we're both big fans of the big G. And I have to say, man, like this is kind of for the, for the veteran Godzilla fans, this is the movie we've been waiting for. As, as good as as good as the American Godzilla series, like the MonsterVerse has been, and you know the other Godzillas, the more modern Godzillas in the '90s and the 2000s and all that. As great as they are, okay, this is what we've been waiting for the most, I think. Yeah. Oh, dude, agreed, agreed. And let's let's set this up because I was I was talking to a coworker. And mm-hmm. well, I've been talking to a couple of coworkers about this, and there are varying degrees of, oh, wait a second, why is there another Godzilla movie coming out? Because I thought they just had Godzilla vs. Kong, and then there's Godzilla X Kong. Like, where does this one fit? So, for anyone who, who doesn't know, and it's, it's okay, because there's been, like I said, there's been a lot of confusion around this. Um, Godzilla Minus One is the latest in the actual Japanese Toho-produced Godzilla movies, Right. They do a Godzilla movie every so many years. The last one before this was Shin Godzilla. It was a really clever... It it was a clever movie. It was a clever story. Um, Not my favorite Godzilla by a long shot. Right? Like, not not even close. Um, But then... So, you've got this one, right? And this one, if you've... You know, if you've seen the original 1954... Because I have a co-worker who's um, around my age... And that person was saying that, you know, they had seen the first two Godzilla films and, you know, th- those were really kind of their favorites and they hadn't seen the originals. And I said, well, if you like those, definitely go see this one in the theater because you're going to be blown mm-hmm. away. Right. 
And and that's so for anyone who's like on the fence or doesn't understand, that's the first thing to keep in mind. And every everybody I've talked to who's gone to see this, like even if they're like a casual Godzilla fan, has walked out and be like, Wow, holy cow. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing to know is that since it is a Japanese film and it's making the rounds, right, it is subtitled, right? So here in mm-hmm. the States, Canada, you know, English subtitles. And if that's a turnoff for you, um, I suck can, it up. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, like what I was going to say is I can understand because, man, I never, I never wanted to read a movie. I always wanted, like, the English overdubs. And then... I started oh, watching. No. The, well, no, because I wanted to understand it, right? But then I started watching the English overdubs, and you hear like the little, you know, three-year-old girl that sounds like she's forty-two. Yeah, and uh-huh. it's like okay. And then uh, my or son and I went and saw. Like, Help me! I'm going to die. It's like what? Well, yeah, you like yeah. five? It's it's so terrible, right? <laughs> and like, so my son and I saw Tokyo SOS earlier this year in the theater, and. It was the first time I'd seen a subtitled movie in the theater. I'm like, geez, how's he going to handle this? Am I going to like this? And we both walked out there like, wow. You know, it was a different experience. Mm. So if you're on the fence, trust me, go see it. You will infer enough from the emotions of the voice and just what you see on the screen and what you hear that, you know, you can read stuff to kind of, you know, catch you up to, to what's going on if you're not 100% sure. But you're going to figure out enough because these actors are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, the way they kind of, the way they pulled it off, I was actually thinking as we were leaving, I, I maybe I didn't even really need the subtitles. I could probably just figure it out as we go along and have my own deduction and I can kind you can kind of tell with what's going on around them. You kind you kind of have a ballpark idea of, of what they're saying. Yeah. Someone says Baca. Oh, he called him stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, um, that, that really worked. It's just with the subtitles, with it being, in in Japanese, okay, that that and it's kind of a slow burn for a while. Like the human arcs, okay, actually kind of went on before you really got to what everyone really wants to see, which is big scary monster. Yeah. Okay, so big, sc- big well, scary. But, see, okay, well, right. on, let's get into spoilers now. So if, if anybody. If anybody hasn't seen it, you want to see it. If you're in the States, you probably don't have much time left. Um, But I know it's making the rounds to other countries. So if you haven't seen it, you want to see it. Stop the show here. Right. This is your Mm -hmm. spoiler warning. Right. We'll give you a minute. Okay. All right. So anyway, what I was going to say is, but you do see the monster pretty early in the film. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of like it looks like it had just hit, like it had just first started mutating from the radiation. Like he wasn't half as big as he was going to get. Well, see, but but that's just it, right? And that's the beauty of this story, right? So there's there's a lot of elements where they lean really heavily into the original 1954 Godzilla. But mm-hmm. the twist I liked is the way they set it up was that Godzilla 
existed as a this dinosaur-like creature that has been a legend on this island for years, long before the nuclear testing. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and then when they cut to later, like you know, 1946, and the Bikini Atoll nuclear testing starts, um, they show this image on the screen, and and um, you know, because my son and I have now seen it together twice. Uh, I've only seen it fully two and three quarter times because I, I missed the last 30 minutes the first time. Okay. But I like I was telling somebody else like I can't remember the last time I've seen a movie this many times in the theater. Um, but so it's a when they start doing the nuclear testing, they're they're doing like you know the bright flashes on the screen to simulate the nuclear stuff, and you kind of see the Godzilla face and the mutation happening right there. That's like your your indication that hey, here's what's happening because of this, and that's when you know we see the monster again that it's so much more massive, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what like. I, I really liked that part of it because then, um, oh, why can't I think of the guy's name? Is it Shoshoki? No. Uh, I should have said the character's name. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll try and I'll Google that real quick. But, um, like, so, you know, that guy is is on that island, has the opportunity to kill the monster at that point and doesn't. And it's almost like a Spider-Man kind of, kind of setup, right? right. You know, where it's, where it's yeah. like he he you know he he should have acted and he didn't. Then all of a sudden, the devastation happens because he didn't. Hmm. You know what? I, I I never even thought of that. That's a gr- that's a great analogy. I just saw him. He was he was like really freaked out over this big scary yeah. thing and. You know, and and he froze, and it's like, well, Peter Parker didn't exactly freeze. Right, he, was he made a choice. Tired of some, yeah, and because some promoter was being an asshead to him, and and then the rest is history. So yeah, good analogy, dude. Hey, thanks, man. Okay, and it's Kochi, Kochi Shishima. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I'm probably butchering that, and I apologize, but you know, I'm doing the best I can, right? Mm-hmm. So then. Okay, so you know we go through and you have have the story, and that's what I was telling um, uh, you know two of my coworkers that this movie works without Godzilla. Like, if Godzilla wasn't in the movie, let's say it was a hurricane or some mm. other event, you know, giant tidal right. wave is coming, the movie still works. Mm-hmm. You know, because they built such a great story, and then. That's where, you know, I say that leans so heavy into the 54 because Godzilla really is that metaphor for the nuclear destruction. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So the visual effects. What do you think, man? Um, Passable. Some some of them I wasn't totally blown away. Like they they they're not touching like the the monster verse effects. But the the with with a Godzilla film, you don't necessarily need, you know, all these wicked wicked effects, you know, because you know part of the charm, and I'm not saying this is what it is with this film, but part of the charm with the old '60s Godzilla is the guy in the rubber suit. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and that's so the if thing. it's not perfect, that's fine. 
because I'm pretty sure that the monster is CGI in this, right? Because I know they've been actually like winning visual effects awards. But did you notice how much they leaned into the look of the rubber suit? And again, I've seen this three times yeah. now. So okay, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> and saw it just yesterday. So okay, so this is yeah. <laughs> I am coming at it from a slightly more obsessive point of view right now. Yeah, I saw it once last week. Okay, now, so, so yeah, uh, but I was I was just noticing the texture, right, and all that sort of stuff. But the, the thing that I really noticed, especially you know, my third time through is how they leaned into when he would use the heat ray. That was so much more like a nuclear blast where they had like the percussion, the repercussion, yes. the mushroom clouds. You uh-huh. Know? Yeah, from his from his, his his radiation breath. Yeah. And there was so much more to when the radiation is building up inside of him. And while in past Godzilla films, like you saw it building in his back, fins yeah okay there was so much more yes you know and it really the sound of it okay just gave me chills yes agreed agreed <laughs> I, I thought the sound was fantastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes and just just and not not to kind of sound morbid or anything but um when he first hit what was the first city that he hit? Oh, Ginza. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he's like walking through the city, and he's just a big animal, you know. Like he's yeah. not really. He's not trying to. He he he's not out to destroy the place. He's just, you know. Um, and... I saw a great meme today, where it was like Godzilla's seeing other monsters destroy Japan, and he was all pissed off. <laughs> he was like Godzilla destroying Japan, and he was all happy. <laughs> uh, when he's going through Ginza, okay, and <clears throat> he's you, we like you can actually see him stepping on people. Yes, and, uh, like how often do you actually see that in a Godzilla film? Never. Yeah, like this was this. That's one of the things that made me go. Okay, the first time I saw the trailer, and actually the movie wasn't half as terrifying as I kind of had it built up into my head. But when I saw that in the trailer, it's like, oh my god, like this is this is really freaky. Yeah. Okay, because you just at least they at least you go at least you go quick. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Yeah, you're not gonna feel that. No, no. And then, like, in Ginza, right? Or Ginza, however you pronounce it. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes was when he has the train in his mouth. Because that's, like, a reenactment from the first Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I, just, the, I love that train scene. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was some, uh, yeah, when she's hanging out of the out of the train and all that yes. and it's like okay like you kind of know okay she's she's not getting it here you know but still like that's the that's the type that was that was literally a cliffhanger <laughs> and that, yeah and that's that's really i wasn't expecting something like that yeah so it it, it just goes to show what they kind of put into this yeah well and and the overall theme throughout Right. And that I really 
I, I really appreciated seeing and and kind of seeing it from the perspective of Japan is, you know, like when, okay, let me, Kochi, yeah, when, when Kochi gets back home. And mm-hmm. his neighbor is like, is that you? Wait, you're a kamikaze pilot. And she's just so mad at him, right? Because uh-huh. she lost her children. His parents died. Like all these people that died in, in the air raids and things like that. And um, and she's just so mad at him. She's like, if you would have done your job, you know, cowards like you are why that we lost, you know. And then you see other people that have a, a much different view. Like, no, you're alive for a reason, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's a very interesting thing to look at is, you know, how the Japanese people would have been split among that, you know? Yeah, I was never a big fan of the whole kamikaze thing. It's so it's, it's a waste of a life. It's a waste of a plane when you can easily just drop a bomb. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's crazy to, like... The idea that people, like pilots, thought this was a good idea, you know, like that—that's scary in itself. Like yeah. how they, the, how they could actually, okay, who, okay, so who wants to crash a plane and blow up today? Oh, me, me, me. Like that's 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 crazy. Well, and again, <laughs> you, know? it, it, you feel differently about life and duty, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that that's a, a cultural thing, right? Because there are a lot of other cultures that would have taken that as a great honor. Oh, yeah. You know, for sure. and, and so that's fascinating. And, and that's where I want to tie back to. So like before they're all about to go get Godzilla, when Doc gives that speech, you know, about how the country has viewed life too cheaply. You know, because now we're like three years after the war, they're facing, you know, uh, this other threat of Godzilla. And, you know, in this case, it was facing, you know, in, in real life history, it was like facing the effects of the nuclear testing that the U.S. was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, ugh, you know, they're, they're trying to recover and still still getting, you know, more stuff to recover from. Um, but that speech reminded me of the speech in Jaws when they're on the Orca and he talks about the USS Indianapolis. Right, yeah. Like, I really got a Jaws vibe. And, uh, like, I felt like that the first time I saw it. And when I was reading later, like, uh, the director actually cited Jaws as a big influence on him for this. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, Yeah. especially with the connection of dropping the Hiroshima bomb on the with that's what the the purpose of the Indianapolis was. Yeah. You know, and that's what created Godzilla. So here's a here's a weird radioactive metal fan theory. Okay. Jaws and Godzilla minus one are the same universe. Oh, what do you think of that? Yes. Yes. Maybe and, maybe a maybe a reach, but maybe not. I well, maybe like Jaws was so large and ferocious, and because he was sentient, because he was exposed to nuclear testing, because great whites go over where they damn well please. So he could have been maybe, swimming through then. And maybe that's how Bruce got so big. Maybe that's how four of them got so big. So yeah, the family. they were already yeah yeah. Yes. So are we gonna get Godzilla versus Jaws now? I mean, I wouldn't say no. (laughs) Yeah, but that's 
that's a sci-fi channel movie. That sure is. And I, I, I don't budget. see I don't see Toho giving that up to them. No. <laughs> no, no. Did you get the feeling like that minus one is pretty much a Gorgira remake, a re a, a retelling? Uh, well, it, I, it I felt like yeah, it felt like a reboot um, in the fact that me and, and this. So, OK, I've, I've actually got a lot about that because I've been thinking about that. Right. But so this movie to me really felt like Japan try not even trying, but successfully reestablishing themselves as, hey, um, we were the kings of the Godzilla property. You know, mm-hmm. Monarch, enjoy, enjoy your cute little stories, but this is Godzilla. Right? <laughs> this is, yes. And this, because I mean, you know, we've had all the different eras of Godzilla and they, they've done various different reboots. Like Godzilla 1985 was technically like a reboot of Godzilla, right? Mm-hmm. You know, well, 1984 in Japan, 1985 here. But, right. you know, but this one, dude. This feels like they have reestablished the Godzilla universe and have created a new timeline in which to work and tell stories. And I'm really excited about it. Right. Right. Did you? Okay. Right. Like, I, I kind of knew, okay, okay, if, if, if they're basically remaking Gorgira or rebooting it, they're, they're going to end up killing them. And honestly... This movie, I was cheering for the humans when the clash oh, yeah. was, you know, like, like I understand this is Godzilla, this is the big G, you know, but yeah, he's killing people, you know, like, like the, the thousands of people are dying. We have to, we have to take them out, and and they did, and I was kind of hoping, okay, that the movie would end with him being gone because they killed him off on, uh, at the end of the original Gojira with the oxygen destroyer. Okay. But, um, they, I guess it was a different universe with with the second film, which Godzilla raids again. Yeah. You know, because they just just didn't acknowledge that. Oh, there is none. There is none. And so like, I just figured, okay, that's, that's a whole other, whole other universe so that's where i was kind of thinking they were going to go with this they were going to kill him off he's dead and gone but godzilla i actually heard today i don't know if this is true but apparently there's a godzilla plus one in the works which is going to be a sequel to this the director had said from you know the beginning, like when they started doing all the premieres and stuff, that yes, he was absolutely interested in doing another movie if um, he would be allowed. But you know, because people people are saying that he purposely set it up for a sequel, and he's like, I didn't set it up for a sequel. He's like, but I I wanted the ending to be more cinematic and not as neat and tidy as previous endings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because- I I love that about it. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, what what they're going to do is 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 kill him off and then start fresh in a new universe. But as the credits rolled, yes, you saw, okay, 
he's being reanimated and then there was the roar at the end of the credits and it's all it's like okay he's big g's going to be back in this universe and i was good but another part of me was uh, uh, not so much. I see. I'm excited because the the Godzilla cell regeneration. I cannot tell you which Godzilla movie because you know for the past few years, my kids and I have watched possibly all of them. There, there are okay. so one or two we've missed, but I know in a couple different ones they talk about. Um. Oh man. It might have been in Tokyo SOS. I have to go back and see that. I, well, that's what I'm trying to remember now. Because there's one where, um, oh, maybe it was something different where there were people that were trying to get. It might have been like an alien ship trying to get it, or no? What was the one yeah. that we just saw? I I think it was the aliens were trying to get the, the Godzilla genetic code because of the cell regeneration, right? Okay. And so. I really liked where, and, and, and that's been an, a, a theme in a few movies is Godzilla's cell regeneration is, you know, completely different than anything else. It's accelerated, you know, all that sort of thing. And so I liked that that was there because, you know, you thought, oh, great. They destroyed it. They won. And then you just see that one chunk of matter churning. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, is that cool? All right. Now I'm going to ask you this. Because okay. I've seen the ending twice, and if I didn't know what to look for, I wouldn't have caught it. Did you catch on Noriko's neck, like right at the very end, um, when you know they're hugging? There's a black spot that's kind of growing and moving on her neck. Uh... No, right now, as you said it, no, I can't, I can't, no. Dude, had I not read about it and known to look, I wouldn't have caught it. I don't know how anybody caught it, you know, because it was so subtle. And that's the thing is like, like I said, I'm on my third time seeing this and every time I catch something new, dude, like it's been, it's really been fun. Like, it's been great having a movie like this again. <laughs> yes, yes. I was both, and this is going to be kind of weird to say, but I was both a kid. But I was a kid again to see seeing Godzilla on the big screen. You know, like a Toho Godzilla, because yeah. I was a kid the last time. I guess, no, I guess 2000, Godzilla 2000 was the last time I saw uh, Toho on the screen. Um, so I was a kid in that department, but I was viewing it through adult eyes, and I it it made for an amazing uh, experience for sure. Dude, same, absolute uh, same, dude. Right on, right on. So, um. Over on uh, Wrestling Night in Canada, when we're talking about a, a, a pay-per-view, we kind of give our own little rating systems where we give it a horns up, horns down, or horns in the middle. I, 
I think this might be a foregone conclusion for you, Aaron, but Godzilla minus one. Horns oh, up, horns down. It's horns an in absolute the middle. horns up, man. It's, it's, it's a must-see. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dustin, are you still there? Yep. Okay, sorry about that, man. We didn't mean to exclude you and all that, but when you do get an opportunity to see this movie, trust me, you are going to enjoy it. And maybe, you know, you might want to go back and check out one of the 800 million other Godzilla movies that have come out since 1954. Because I know we enjoy them. Um, let's kind of shift gears now over to um, your recommendation. The year 2023 is kind of winding down. And we thought it would be a great idea maybe to discuss some of our uh, favorite records that... Uh, we picked up, we gave a spin, we enjoyed, we said, hey, this is an awesome album. What uh, what are some of your picks this year? Some of your recommendations, we'll call them. Some of my recommendations? Okay, let me open up my giant list here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> it's the stuff from 2023 that you're yeah. going to want to you're going to want to share. Um, I'll have to go with the the new In Flames album, Forgone. It's great. Okay, their best album, I think, in a long time. That that's one of those bands. Okay, I don't know how many albums that like they 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 have now, but I was right from the beginning of them where they had the much heavier, thrashier, deathier edge, whatever. And they were like mellow death at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of experimented their sound and, you know, they had a, they, while they garnered more listeners. Okay. Because they did have a more accept acceptable sound that kind mm -hmm. of irritated a lot of Inflames fans that, mm -hmm. oh, you know, what is this? I'm, meanwhile, I'm like, well, they're still making kick-ass records. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just a band that... It's just not beyond space anymore. <laughs> and, and, and I can't listen to everything, and I don't know how many records, maybe the last three, I haven't even given a spin. So, But that's, that's on me. That's my fault. You know, like you can't you can't listen to ev to everything, and I have no nope. doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt they're still kicking ass. Yeah, this new album is very very good. It has some elements of their like first four albums. Oh, okay, excellent. <clears throat> so it's great. And weren't, um, weren't they? Sorry, weren't they just here supporting? They were just here with Mashoga, Yeah, Mashoga, right. Right, right. Which I don't has I don't know if has Meshuggah been here before. I don't Apparent, think. So. Apparently, they opened for Tool in like two thousand eight. Oh, okay. Because that's not even. I'm Tool. But I don't care for Tool, so. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. just offended a bunch of people. Oops. Well, <laughs> whatever. Maybe, maybe not don't so care. much on on this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tool. Tool. What do you mean good. you offended? You're not. You don't like Tool. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I uh, <laughs> I had the first couple Tool albums on cassette because of the whole uh, Columbia House thing. Yeah. And I really yeah, <clears throat> just 
over the years, Tool just really hasn't done much. And when they were here recently, like I've had a couple of people in my workplace, man, you got to go, you got to go. They're this, they're that, they're, you know, they put on this great stage show. And, and I'm like, yeah, okay. But if the tunes itself doesn't really do much for me, like, yeah, there's no point. Yeah, I'm not shelling out, you know, two to two hundred bucks just because you have pretty lights on the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, so, so yeah. What else you got in flames? Yeah. Um, the new Cryptopsy record as Gamora Burns. Oh, very okay. good. I haven't our, given that. Our, our friends from Montreal. Right. They're <laughs> they're, they're good dudes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This new album is, is great, so I recommend giving it a listen. Okay, I ha- I haven't yet. Obviously, it's on the list. Uh, the new Cattle Decapitation album, Terracite, is really good. Oh, okay. Another um, radioactive metal alum. Yeah. Uh, the new Immortal is good. The new War Against All, which is just, since Immortal's like a one-man band now, but it was still good. <laughs> I guess so, eh? Are are okay, are people still okay, cuz okay, like when Max Cavalera left Sep- Sepultura, okay. Like a lot of fans jumped ship. Basically, yeah. Okay. Are Immortals still doing the same business they did with Aboth or does it does it really matter for black metal listeners? Like uh, I it, I it I still sounds think... like Immortal. Okay, because I don't think I've ever seen anywhere on a message board or on Facebook or anything like no Aboth equals no immortal. I've never seen that. I've seen a few. Yeah. Like it's still good, but like, yeah, of course it's not the same without Aboth, but mm, it's okay. still good. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And now next year Aboth is doing some festival dates and he's just doing old immortal stuff, which would be cool as hell to see, but uh, I guess that's... I don't want to go to Europe. Yeah. I mean, I do want to go to Europe. <laughs> I want to go to Europe, yeah. I want to go to some place that I can communicate, though. Yep. You know, like like everyone, oh, I got to go to Vakken. I got to go to Vakken. And I'll like, yeah, okay, we got to meet someone that speaks the language first, though. Like, I know I know, so I know, a few people out there. We could... <laughs> well, that would definitely help, yeah. Yeah. Another couple albums I'll go over quickly is the new. Uh... Hang on, sorry, my brain shut off for a second. The new, <laughs> the new Frozen Soul record, Glacial Domination, also right. fantastic death metal. Hmm. I was actually surprised. Okay, they're signed on to Century Media. I was surprised by that. Like, there's. Here's a label like they're they're picking up a lot of established acts mm-hmm. and they're taking a chance on what was basically at the time an unknown death metal band. You got to give them props. Good mm-hmm. on them. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. OK. And then that new Lamp of Mur- I, I, I'm pronouncing this wrong. I know I am Lamp of Murmur uh, Sat Saturnian Bloodstorm. Okay, right. This new album is it's basic it's basically immortal worship. Okay. It's it's very, very good. It sounds like old immortal. It's fantastic. But I mean he puts his own spin on shit too, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's it's very, very good. Right on. Right on, right on. So what you got? 
Yeah, I got my questions. my favorite album of the year too, and people are gonna give me shit for this, but fuck them. Uh, the new Avenged Sevenfold, Life is Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. I I I've heard a lot of other people speak very highly of it too. Like yeah. really highly it's, of it. It's experimental. It's not my favorite album of theirs, but they're my favorite band. So. Oh okay. <laughs> it's it's very good. When they were here earlier this year, I had to go. I paid up for the floor. Fuck my life, but it was worth it. <laughs> Cool. Right on, right on. Now, that's another band. I've got the first couple of records. I've seen them live and all that. I just kind of lost track the past little while. And once again, you know, that's kind of on me. Well, thank you very much. Well, hopefully all of our listeners have taken all of those into consideration the next time they're hitting the record shop. Aaron, you got anything from this year you want to you share? Honestly, man, I think the biggest sound for me this year was um, uh, 72 Seasons. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, that's just kind of consumed my year, right? I mean, when that their release was, what, March, April? Somewhere in there? Somewhere mm-hmm. in there, yeah. And then we um, we had the concert that was broadcast in the theaters in August. Like, it's just been just all over the place man and it's been a great it, it, it was really it's a great album and i've really enjoyed just kind of the ride with, with everybody with it right right yeah and there was a lot of stuff with the with 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 72 seasons that um and we spoke extensively about it <laughs> on the show um there was a lot of parts to it that took us back to what are the glory days of, of, of Metallica for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fantastic songwriting on it. Great sounds. Um, I'll tell you another album that came out this year. It was a live recording from 84 that Kiss put out. Uh, it's their off the soundboard series where it's, you know, their tapes that they get basically cleaned up. Okay. Poughkeepsie, New York, 1984, which would have been on the Animalize tour. And it was right before they got Bruce Kulick. Ah. So this actually had Mark St. John. So this might be the only live recording out there of Mark St. John. Um, Okay. But I tell you, that was fantastic because that's the closest I have to the Animalized Live Uncensored video in like an album form. Okay, yeah, like I've seen that on on the racks, both both CD and vinyl. But um, it's like, okay, what is this? Well, it's a live live Kiss album. I got to look a little further into this, so it's probably something that I should get on my list as well. Dude, it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Right on, right on. What uh, what else got? Well, that's what I'm scanning the list here to see if there's anything else I can think of. All um, right. Because, and sometimes I just have to check, check everything I've written down for the metal fixes, but nothing else is coming to mind right now. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I got a couple. Cough, cough. My band's album, Cough, Cough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I, I cannot wait for the new Shit Happens record. <laughs> no, barrels. And I guess that band too. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to be pretty busy yourself in the new year. So once you get your back, once you get your back paw up and going. So I'm definitely looking forward to all that, particularly. Okay, you guys were on um, volume two of this, the Punk Canada compilation. Yeah, the Shit Happens Band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was actually seeing they're preparing volume three for the yep. summer of 2024 yep and good friends of ours and your mom have a track on that mm-hmm. as well as a really awesome band out of calgary citizen rage they are fucking awesome and i'm so glad to see they're going to be on that particular compilation as well and besides and as well as like the whole host of of Canadian punk bands that I've never heard of, but when 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 comps like this come out, okay, it it kind of inspires you. Okay, like before you get the album, it kind of inspires you. You see the track listing online or whatever, or when we were younger in a magazine, and it makes you want want to check those bands out. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Myself, um, the kind of continuing, kind of, sort of, with what Aaron was saying about uh, 72 seasons, but uh, Megadeth, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Oh, how that, did I forget that? I, that, yeah. that was just this year, too. Man, that's I, a great album. Me and my friend Michelle went to see Megadeth in like May when they were here, and I completely forgot about that album. <laughs> Dude, yeah. same. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch Meg- Megadeth this time, but I've I've seen them a number of times. It was probably the best Dave's ever sounded, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. I was like, oh god, it's going to sound like sh- actually. and and there was a lot of tracks and a lot of parts there that was a return to form for like our favorite megadeth which goes back to the 80s so yeah i was really digging that um winnipeg can they've released uh winnipeg uh, crossover thrasher solenum like they've released uh They've they've had releases before on more internationally renowned labels, but this year they did a hundred. They they did a new EP, Mad Mad Racket. Okay, that was just totally DIY, and uh, I was really digging what they're what what they're all about. And of course, Winnipeg or not, okay. Our longtime listeners know, like, this is just one of my favorite bands, just outright, and and all that because they're both a local band, and to me, you know, they're because of these previous releases, they they're kind of like an international band as well, and hopefully with their next record, and you know, maybe we can sit down and have a chat with them. Um, one of my favorite records that came out, and I had the good fortune of catching them live and all that, was um, Japan's Cruelty with the K. They uh, they put out a wicked, wicked record, Untopia, 
and they came through town here. They were supporting someone. Tangler Sugarbug. What's that? Tangler Sugarbug. Okay, yeah, but who was headlining that? Tangler Sugarbug. Was that, were they that? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so at least someone was able to pronounce that fucking band. It's hey, like, I'm holy still trying shit. to figure out how but, you spell Japan with a K. <laughs> you don't. Did I say Japan with a K? Well, he yes. said Japan's oh, cruelty oh, oh. with a K, so I'm being a smartass. Oh, okay, no, no, no. Yes. yes, the band cruelty with a with from from Japan. The band drool, the band cruelty from Japan. Okay, Japan. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and not only did they have a fantastic set. I I grabbed the vinyl and um, had the good fortune of just kind of hanging out with uh, Selena from the band. She she was really cool. She took time out just basically to uh, talk talk to everyone that would approach her. And um, I'm actually surprised more more people didn't. You know, I remember. I bought a patch from her after her set because we, we were dealing with dumbasses all night, so I missed their set. Right. Pissed. Still pissed. <laughs> well, hopefully at some point they'll uh, maybe with the next record they'll make their way back and. I hope so. And yeah, you can kind of check them out. Um, but one of my favorite records, okay, and I wasn't. I'm not even. I'm not even going to put this into contention for the Rammies. But it's kind of a kind of a soundtrack, kind of sort of. Sorry, sorry. Where are you? Wasn't me. What? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's sort. It's kind of sort sort of a soundtrack, but it's a song of all original. It's it's a song. Okay, it's 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 a soundtrack album of all original songs for the TV show Daisy Jones and the Six. Now, Aaron, you will recall just how much I just gushed over this uh, this ten part mini series, which is basically a uh, about the rise and fall and the off stage and on stage drama of a uh, of a band from the mid 70s okay which i totally okay when you go over this okay when you watch the series you you can tell okay and and some of the music as well because it's 70s pop pop rock kind of in the vein of fleetwood mac and with everything that's going on in the series like oh you can tell like this is totally based on the drama from you know behind the scenes of Fleetwood Mac during the 70s with the alcohol and the relationships and just all of the bullshit okay that as a kid you know and there's no internet and all that you didn't know about any of this crap you know you just listened to the music because you were a fan and the world was happy, happy, joy, joy. And, you know. <laughs> and then there's Motley Crue. And then, yeah, yeah. E even with Crue, okay, we still. Some Which reminds me, the, with the comment I just made. I just started an argument on a Motley Crue page for fun. 
because I was bored. (laughs) There was a report that said Nikki Six is said the new album is insanely good. The new music is is insane, and I replied with insanely bad, and then it just started. Oh, jeez, that'll do it. That they kicked out the best member, so fuck (laughs) them. Yeah, Nikki Nikki doesn't even play bass anymore. He didn't play bass on the first four albums, so. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, that certainly wasn't in the dirt film, that's for sure. No. That's for sure. Yeah, but even back then, like we did get some of the stuff in the magazines, but ah, there is so much. Yeah, you he know, probably that, hasn't that played bass live for the last thirty years. It's probably just been a backing uh, track. I don't know, it's for sure. Yeah, like twenty years ago when they admitted to using backing tracks, now they're like, no. But now every show, Nikki throws his hands up in the air for like two minutes, and the bass keeps playing. So. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good. He's just that good. He's playing with his mind. That's right. That's he's got that Professor X thing down. Or the Vince Which, Neil one I saw earlier too. It was just like, oh, Vince Neil just did his his best per, for his worst performance of twenty twenty three, and I commented, they're ranked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Molly Crew, man, that is, I don't know, that that is a discussion that we could take up about four or five different episodes. Yep, I'm not going if they come back. Like, no, I'm done. Well, oh, I geez. still blame them for 2020 because they said they'd never tour again. They signed a contract, and the minute they said they were coming out, the entire world shut down. Uh, the universe see? was trying to tell us something. And, That's right. The universe you know. was like, Vince, no. Vince, no. Yeah. Vince, no. <laughs> yeah. He the universe was like, hey, why don't you take a couple years and get in shape, Vince? Well, the cameras wouldn't be on. I mean, for him to do that. Okay, didn't they do that once? Like, the reincarnation of Vince Neil or something? Or where he got back in shape? and Oh, I have no idea. Or or what am I thinking of, or something? Apparently, he did, but then he didn't again. Right, right. Which all yeah. the like, okay, I I understand, I understand, but like all all of the fat shaming memes and all that, it's like, uh, like really. I'm sorry. The best yeah. one is the abominable snowman. Oh, that Fuck, is I the best that. one. <laughs> so good. It's so Stop good. Stop sharing this photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm 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 not big on them, but I, I understand fan frustration as well. Like if if you're gonna shell out a hundred bucks to sit in the nosebleeds, like maybe you need someone who is in better shape and can pull off a two hundred dollar show. Well, you know, and he's a millionaire. Know, and, he can afford a personal chef, a personal trainer, people to kick his ass to get him in shape. Oh, I'm sure. Well, he you know, definitely he, probably has a personal chef. Well, and the thing is, he, it's not like he's going to an office job and then going out and playing the gig like so many other bands today. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That's that's my beef. You know, because I know, he goes, like, he like goes I've heard. Out and he says, "What's that?" He goes out and he says, "Key Stamaha," and he's done. <laughs> that was pretty good, dude. But like, you know, the people are like, "Oh, give Vince a break." It's like, well, no, that's your job. Right. Like, Snowy, if you showed up to your job and performed as well as Vince is on this tour, would you still be employed? 
Uh, they would definitely say, you know, what is wrong with you? You're not up to. Yeah. Somebody have I, talked I, I would right? say that. Yeah. I, and, and I would say that about my cohorts as well. Like, yeah, is there some, is there something going on? This <laughs> isn't what, this isn't like you. <laughs> your, your idol is Vince Neal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, seriously, yeah. like if that's your job, well then show up and take it seriously, man. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. For sure. For sure. Let's get on with some tunes here. The mighty French meddlers, Sortilege, after way too many years, dropped a wicked new record, Apocalypso. And I was quite excited about that. Sortilege were one of those banzai bands back in the day that's where i first heard of them 1984's mitame force album so let's get on with the first and probably only the only single off of that awesome record this is sortilege with vampire
told you he'd be happy that we remembered him. This Christmas, Santa's <laughs> going to make everyone happy. The grown-ups. And the kids. Christmas evil. The non-believers. Watch out! And the screamers. And this Christmas, you better believe in Santa, or he'll slay you. Merry Christmas, Frank. Christmas Evil, the night he dropped in.
Okay, Ducky, I know um, Offski, Offsky, Offski, the album. Afsky. Afsky. I know that was kind of big on your on your liking, shall we say, this year from the album Om 100R that was Frozenin Vind. I don't know. Do you know the nationality of Offski? They're from Denmark. Denmark. Oh, okay. Well, then, what the hell? Why is this so? They speak. Y'all know. They. I guess there's there's Danish. Okay. Okay. When I think metal from Denmark, I immediately think Merciful Fate and Pretty Maids, and King Diamond and Ronnie Adkins. They've always, you know, every time I've heard them, they always spoke English. So I never really you don't equated. Think bars? Not really. No. <sighs> No, no, because he's he's Bay Area. He's a mo- he's the Motormouth Dane. <laughs> I know, I know. Like that's where he was. He was born and spent you know most of his childhood and all that. But I just know I don't think of him as as Danish. Here's another topic. Okay, like where some of these bands hail from, and do we actually think of them as that nationality or not just because they have you know they may have um more of an impact elsewhere in the world like i'm sure to this day okay there are some people discovering that rush is canadian what Wait, okay. and not no way. And not american oh Wait, i'm sure i'm the sure phones. there there has to be some people or 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 like like brian adams or celine dion or whatever, whatever other bullshit. Like, there's got there's got to be some dumb Americans out there that are just like they're not from America. Those Brian Adams from Kentucky. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's got that. He's got that thick Kentucky accent. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, that was Denmark's Ofsky. Okay. For and before that, North America, they speak pretty decent English. So, Man, oh, I still can't well. believe Russia's Canadian. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> All these years. That. All these years. Yeah, yeah. And Wait, I'm not when saying, did when did Neil Peart die? <laughs> I'm, not saying, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anyone that listens Recently? to this show. I'm I'm talking I'm talking normies that just know the name. And all that, and probably just figure that eh, everyone's from from the U.S. It's like well, when uh, it's like when AEW was here, and people were like, "Wait, that wrestling is still a thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still amazingly enough. It's still going on. Well, we firmly established on this episode that cruelty with a K. Hail from Japan, and with that was harder. <laughs> That was harder than before from that aforementioned awesome album, Untopia. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, I figure to kind of, uh, the, for the remainder of this special 2023 episode, we'll go over some key things here to discuss as well. And I figured... A good place is something positive, okay, which 
is the reformation of a number of bands in 2023. And there was kind of a, a list that kind of popped up and it made, it, it, it made me go, okay, really? They're on their way back? Okay, I'd never heard about that. And chances are any band that we're going to list, they haven't put out any new music yet, I don't think. But the majority of these, I believe, are in the writing process of something for 2024. So I thought maybe it would be kind of interesting. So with that, you guys, is there, what do you guys want to discuss? How did I miss the Dillinger escape plan? Like, I, I cannot believe I missed that this year because I'm okay. so heartbroken when they, you know, call it quits because I just discovered them, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. And I've been following, uh, no, I can't remember the guitarist's name. This is terrible. Ben Wyman. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I've been following him in uh, what was the, was it? It was not Party Planner. Party Exterminator? Damn it. Was his his record label and all that sort of stuff? Uh, no, I guess now I know how I missed it. I'm really sucking here. This is terrible. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Never mind. How about you guys? <laughs> well, for myself, like when I saw Forbidden was uh, was getting back together and and writing new material, I thought, okay, this is. This is something I can get behind because that's that's one of those bands, you know, to the Bay Area, hearkening back to the 80s. That that was kind of their heyday. And they they went into the 90s. And like a lot of other bands, they kind of experimented with their sound, much to the chagrin of a lot of their listeners and fans and all that. But I I'm for myself, though. I'm totally anticipating a forbidden record that's going to go straight back to Bay Area 1987. Or that same spirit, but kind of give it a modern edge, kind of like what a band like Exodus does. So, yeah, it'll be really good, like, going record shopping and grabbing a forbidden album and an Exodus album at the same time. And a, just, and just a buddy like of mine did. and a buddy of mine is their new vocalist. Oh, okay. So right on. Excellent. You remember when Nivian came through with right. his rumors when there was like six of us there? Right. Yeah, he's the new vocalist. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So it's definitely in terms of the vocals, that's it's gonna start sounding somewhat different you know um what about you dude is there anyone you know is there a a reformation this year that you're looking forward to hearing new material next year of um hang on let me bring up the thing in a second the thing the thing the wick the wiki yeah this is the amount of our research Wikipedia. <laughs> oh yeah, um, the three inches of blood are getting back together. That's yeah, I like that. I like that. Four shows in a row in Vancouver, all sold out. Ah. Well, that they was another one here. I didn't realize they disbanded. Yeah, yeah, they they kind of called her quits a while ago. 
And uh, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is cool. This this is cool. Like I I don't think they ever put out a dud record. No. Oh, and hopefully we'll get them to uh, cross Canada at at some point. What about you, Aaron? Some... You got something else here well, that? I'm sure you're excited that Creed, a fine Canadian band, oh, is is re- reformed and maybe they'll make <laughs> it down here to America. Hello there. Ah. <laughs> really not too concerned about fucking creed but oh. but but can you take me higher snowy <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 i've got you high enough over the last 10 years too many times <laughs> you just need to embrace this with open arms yeah <laughs> You know, oh, arms wide open. That's it. <laughs> You're both fired. That's it. Hey, you put us together. This is your fault. <laughs> Did it yeah. to yourself. That's right. I I let off the nuclear arms at the bikini atoll, and look at the creation I that I know that, man. That, that came out of it. Yeah, it's definitely all my fault. Montreal's martyr is back, and it looks like they're going to be putting out. New uh, records next year. They're uh, definitely one of the more underrated Canadian death death thrash bands. Like I've I've got all all their albums. They worked with Warren Music here when I was a part of that little um, the shopping label and all that great stuff. So I'm looking forward to something from them. As well, and hopefully we'll get them to cross the country as well. What are they going to do, like, with Sabotage? <laughs> you know, I thought, okay, this is a band, like, they've had some, you know, some people that have passed away and all that. And it's just, they've been gone so long. I thought maybe this was it. Well, you know, I was kind of surprised, and I'm excited about it. Because, I mean, Sabotage has sort of kept going in the form of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the same vein, same writers, you know, Mm -hmm. all involved, all that sort of thing. So, it's just interesting, like, oh, wow, there's going to be an actual Sabotage record, which we have not had in a very long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like how it says... Bands disbanded, terrorizer, and then you go back to bands reformed, and it says terrorizer. Yeah, like what exactly happened with this? I, I, I don't know what's going on with them. So I really wasn't even gonna touch it. If if we see if we see a new terrorizer album, obviously I'm all in. Didn't they drop one? Uh, I what horde of zombies a while back. But I don't think they've done anything new, like in a while. Uh, ca- Caustic Attack. Tw- no, uh, Live Commando was 2022. Okay, when was the last? Um, Caustic Attack 2018. 2018. Yeah, so it's, it's been a while. So, yeah, yeah. Um, for myself, I guess. Okay, like Newstead looks like Jason Newstead's, you know, going to be, you know, doing something which 
That would be really cool. Hopefully, you know, so, I would like to see him cross Canada. Here's the funny part about Newstead reforming. Isn't it okay. always just there? <laughs> I mean, it's him. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not one of those. <laughs> if, if he just, if he just, like, yeah, he's kind of like the brainchild behind it. It's It's named after him and all that. Yeah. So I guess as long as he's alive... The potential is always there. Maybe what they're trying to say with this is okay. He's he's back on board. He's got together with the the guys he basically hired to do the first Newstead project album, and and they're they're gonna go from there. That I'm definitely now. What would have been funny? To. Is if this wasn't Newstead, but it was Jesse Fransworth's Newstead, like the guitarist, you know? Like, <laughs> that'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that'd be yeah. a great April Fool's joke. Like, like uh, some band where the band is like the name of the main member. Right. Like, so uh, they they need to like, like do a, an April Fool's press release of like the guitarist taking out his version of that band. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's an April Fool's joke, or it's a fuck you. It's one of the yeah, two. either one. Yeah. Either of the two, like David Bryan's Bon Jovi. There we like go. That's that. See, there we go. <laughs> that, now perfect. you've got it. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into some tunes here, and we're going to start that now. Actually, before we kind of get into some tunes, I do want to. Um, pay tribute here and commemorate some uh some people that we have lost this year and there was actually some surprise some that were kind of like how did we miss that how did we miss that this individual passed away and the thing with that that immediately jumps out is dude when did steve like how did we miss that Steve Riley passed away? Of course, um, L.A. drummer, most noted, I think, for his work as one of the original members of Wasp. And um, and then went on to L.A. Guns as well. And he had a stint with Ron Keel's Keel right there. Steve Riley's Keel. You know, See, there we go. Because <laughs> there, there we go. Steve Riley's oh. LA Guns. So that would be funnier. That, Steve yeah, Riley's Keel. That happened because I know I know Phil Lewis of LA Guns was doing a version and Tracy Guns was doing LA Guns and but Steve Riley's LA Guns, that's a stretch. You know, I think I think he's yeah, yeah, but you know, that's too bad. Like Riley, he was he was the motherfucking man, you know, like, wow, wow. I don't know how we missed that. Um, I don't know how we missed Brad Thompson of the Tony Dance Attempt Dance Extravaganza. Yeah, that's your area. Like, I love those guys. I mean, when I saw the month it happened, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a really busy month. Oh, okay. so, so that's the only thing I can think of. But I mean... I, I can't believe I didn't stumble across it somehow. Cause like I, when Danza four came out, like that's the first album in years I pre-ordered. I was so excited for it. Right. Right. Um, 
Yeah, it just I, I love those guys. And that's one of the best monikers ever. Oh, you dude, know, like yeah, <laughs> and, you know, because like Tony Danza, like that is just so random. <laughs> you know, like okay, what was your preference? Who's the boss or taxi when it comes to Tony Danza? Hmm. What was the show he did after that? Because there, there's there another show he did where I'm he showed annoyed. up in a towel. And I got to say, for however old he was, I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're you're holding up really well. He's doing he's doing good. No, I I have no idea what this is. No. Yeah, pro- probably who's the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I definitely had a crush on. Um, oh my goodness, was it Samantha, his daughter? Aly- Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Oh, which I just saw on Facebook today. It's Alyssa Milano's birthday. See, perfect time it's a, today. Happy yeah, birthday, yeah. She was, she was absolutely amazing in uh, Charmed as well. Oh, I loved her in Charmed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was definitely that show was a religion in this house. Both. Both both the ladies just just absolutely loved it, and so did I. Like we're talking witches and demons, and that's like, a fantastic you, show. You can't go wrong. It it it, de- it definitely was. Yeah, it, it, it definitely a really was. interesting storyline how they took everything through it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a sad day in the metal world when once again another one of the thrash metal originals, Jim Durkin from Dark Angel, passed away this year. Like that was like wow, wow. Um, okay, fifty-eight is still re- relatively young, and you know he probably lived a certain life lifestyle, but uh, it's still it was still very tragic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so since you're mentioning ages here, Charlie Dominiki, if I'm pronouncing that right, but he was one of the vocalists of Dream Theater. He's seventy-two. Like most okay. of Dream Theater is fifty six. Like he was way older than those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. Like way wow. older, and then yeah. like I saw Bernie Martin of White Snake is also seventy two. I'm like, shit, somebody in White Snake is seventy two, and then I like I have to do the math. I'm like, well, how old am I again? Like, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, but you got to remember, like before there was a white snake, David Coverdale was fronting Deep Purple. Yeah, you know, oh, ten, wow. ten years before, yeah. I so am old. it just goes. <laughs> I, I am old. Imagine how wow. old. Imagine how old Coverdale is now. You know, and if is if white snake, got to be. Now yeah. I look this up. Hang on. Let's, let's see here. David Coverdale. And yeah. oh, shit, he's 72. Okay, yeah. Wow. No, that 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 definitely adds to reason. It was also a dark day in radioactive metal when we had to announce the passing of Algie Ward from the Immortal Tank, who passed away this year. Undisclosed reasons at age 63 so yeah he was a little younger you know but um yeah he definitely left a uh he left a legacy definitely definitely tank is you know one of 
you know, from the early 80s, the um, the influence is still felt today. So, yeah, that was definitely too bad. Do uh, one of you guys have one you want to? Uh, what about James Harvey, the former basis of Goat Whore? Uh, James Harvey, the fourth. Like, that's yeah. pretty official. Yeah, I I haven't been really. Uh, Godor is still around, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just came through here not recently. Yeah. Yeah. They're another band. Like, I have the first, first number of albums. We've seen them many times. That's too bad. I don't know how we missed that as well. And died from undisclosed reasons at the age of 35. And I hate to say it, that's probably some, uh, yeah, some self-inflicted Is it? Because there's a lot of undisclosed reasons here. And a lot of young and old. I'm like, what if there's some other thing going on? Maybe there's a metal conspiracy. Maybe this is Operation (laughs) Tipper Gore. PMRC and she's slowly taking them out one at a time. Uh, yeah. What if what if Tipper Gore is really an assassin taking out metal musicians? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. See? Yeah. Not at all. Before we get into some tunage here, because it's just about time to bring this crazy train into oh, the station before we do that what about um Sakivi of uh, gizm i was just about to say that one yeah yeah um Sakivi yokoyama that was definitely once again died from undisclosed reasons and that that one kind of came out of the blue as well you know, but I guess maybe in some way, shape, or form, they uh, they all are. Um, they have uh, relapse. Did the band right though? They uh, they re-released the de- de- Detestinations album, the class, the classic Japanese record from back in the day and paid tribute nicely to him so uh we're going to do that ourselves, not just to mr yokoyama but everyone um once again as we do um radioactive metal would like to extend our condolences to the friends and family and fans of all of these individuals that we just paid tribute to. That is too bad. So let's get into some tunage. Let's get in to some gizm here. This is Death, Agonies, and Screams. Dead man, I'm coming 
Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Brocast podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Brocast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
I can't believe that I forgot to mention this, but in the band reforming a category was the Mighty Wrathchild. Now, not Wrathchild America, okay, that gave us uh, Shannon Larkin, the current drummer of Godsmack. This was the uh, British... The uh, the 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 British Wrathchild that um, kind of precursed Motley Crue in the whole glam thing. They they had that glam look, but a lot of their music kind of did lean towards the new wave of British heavy metal. And I always thought, okay, the only reason why they're getting thrown into the whole hair metal thing is because of their look. But it was the '80s, so I'm kind of stoked for a uh, a a um, a reformed Wrathchild to drop in new music in 2024. I imagine it's good. They're going to look like the way, like Twisted Sister, you know, had two eras where they kind of had the biker look and then the hair metal look. I'd like to see Wrathchild kind of have a more uh, T-shirt and denim leather jacket type look. And playing playing some of the, the wicked stuff back from 1984 from that Stack Attack debut record that was the title track. Great stuff, great stuff. And I think they're just one of those bands that kind of got lost in the shuffle and... I think that's too bad, and let's see them uh, make their way back now. Well, my friends, uh, once again, Mr. Ducky, thank you so much for joining us and helping us uh, kind of put 2023 to bed. Okay, with your surgery and you're not very mobile and all that, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Probably nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anything, I'll if anything, I'll probably be going to my friend Serena's place. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. As for me, I don't know. New Year's Eve the I've I've had the last you know, I've I've had some absolutely amazing New Year's Eve parties and celebrations. And I've had some where I just, you know, I was in my PJs by the time eight o'clock rolled around. So I don't know myself. Um, to get us on out of here, this year is the 40th anniversary of the classic Minor Threat EP, Out of Step. Oh, wow. Fa- old favorite EP of mine. I still play the shit out of it. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, this year, they dropped a, uh, just a three-track, seven-inch, EP called the Out of Step Outtakes. Okay, so I thought maybe we would go out on that old time version of uh, In My Eyes. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear Snowman, radioactivemetal.org. That is all the episodes past, present, and future. You can find everything out there. Um, you can find us on any place that has a podcast. So Apple Podcasts app, um, Spotify, 
Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever, like wherever. Yeah. Yeah. It, and the, it's just funny because, you know, when this show started, people were like, what's a podcast? And mm-hmm. now, you know, everybody has a podcast and um, we'll still be here when they're all gone. Remember oh, that. definitely. Yeah. Remember one that. of the originals. One of the I originals. I might be soaking my teeth and sitting here in my walker, but <laughs> we'll still be here. Oh, it's time. Let's go. That's Ow. right. Oh. oh, goodness. I'm getting old. That hurt. I just moved my leg. Um, <laughs> God, no, shit. You just moved your leg. It hurt, yeah. huh? Dude. Yeah. No, like, like, I, like I, I've had some really, really bad cramping in my leg for like weeks now. Like keeping me up at night stuff. And so like sitting here. Poor baby. Walk it off. Hey, dude. Walk it off. You know. (laughs) I I understand you hurt your knee and you're like, you know, 30 years younger than me and can't handle it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me when you're 50, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, shit, where are we going with this? Right. At RadMetal666 for Instagram. Facebook.com slash RadMetal. RadMetal666 at gmail.com. And the whole reason we're on Spotify is because of the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network. ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. Whole host of podcasts out there. We're there. Ducky and Snowy's other podcast. A wrestling night in Canada is out there. Um, it's just a great place to go and get all your entertainment. So head to Spotify, mm-hmm. search for Shiny Wizards Network, and you've got your week planned for you with your entertainment. Sure. You're welcome. For sure, for sure. Um, so in the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a so long 2023 episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white oh right this is aaron i'm like what what are we waiting for (laughs) and And i'm dustin (laughs) signing off ready
done. Demise. And I've done it! Look that way!